Okay. Go. Okay, go now. <laughs> Welcome to Conversations in, in Comfy Pants. Pants. I'm Clara. And I'm Alex. Welcome back. Welcome. We're, we're happy do- to have you here. We're doing it again. Once again. Guess who's back? Back again. again. <laughs> we are. Me. Us. Together. Forever. And ever. <laughs> oh, that worked out nicely. It did. That did. We were just listening to I'll Be Back from Hamilton. It's You'll Be Back. Oh, nuts. You uncultured swine. I'm, I'm so kidding. sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not an uncultured swine. Uh, well, we'll see. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Uh, how are you doing? How's your week? Week's been good. Yeah. Can't complain too much. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think... I think this week everyone's still kind of on pins and needles about yeah. the election. Cause hopefully when you're listening, we know. Hopefully. But as per this minute, we do not. On Thursday, we Thursday. have no idea who the president of the United States is. But that's not why we're here. We're not here no. to talk about politics. <laughs> we shouldn't. We really shouldn't. <laughs> it's better if we're just, we just we stick to what we love. And you know what I love? Dutch Brothers. I do. <laughs> it's now a tradition. It has turned into What'd a tradition. What did you get today? It's um, a different cup I just than got, normal. well, I got a, a bigger one because, oh. you know, I needed, I, I wanted it. So I got it. Because um, treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got a hot chocolate again. Oh, no. But it's very a hot chocolate day today. It is. It's yeah. cold. It's rainy. It's super gross. rainy. It's windy. It's Hopefully. supposed to be nice this weekend, though. Cold, though. Really cold. Yeah. Well, 40s. At least the sunshine will be. Yeah. We'll be fine. Love it. I guess. So when I was at Dutch Brothers, yes, tell I, me. I got into a nice conversation with this guy that worked there. Uh-huh. Um, and he asked me, he was like, Well, you gotta be home from work. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, no. Why are you wearing pajamas? I'm like, no. Do I, do I look like I'm on my own from work? I literally like kind of. You're wearing on... no makeup at all. People work from home? Yeah, I guess that is kind of a silly question. Yeah. Um, well, because if I was working from home, I would already be there. Yeah. So, I get it now. <laughs> it's okay. Oops. Okay. And so when I'm there, I'm telling him, and I'm like, well, I'm going to go report, uh, rec- not report, record. Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. I'm going to go record a podcast with my friend Clara. That's me. That's you. And, well, I didn't say my friend Clara. I just said my oh. friend. Um, it's fine. And he asked me what it was. And so he was like, well, I'm going to look it up after my shift. Oh, yeah. So I told him about it. Hi, Dutch bro. And as I was, this is the part. Um, oh, you didn't tell me. That I didn't tell you. Okay. So I told the, I to, actually told Claire See, the I wanted part. it to be a surprise. And I was like, stop talking. This tell me. part <laughs> tell is me a surprise. Because <laughs> when I got up to get my hot chocolate, I'm sitting there waiting and chatting with the, with the girl. And he comes over and he's got his phone and he was like, are you Alex or Clara? Oh my god! And I said, I'm Alex. That's so exciting. And the girl was like, what's going on? And they're like, she does a podcast. And, and we talk about Dutch Brothers and every I'm like, time. And I'm like, yes. And I talk about you every single time because I'm always coming here before. Um, oh so they wanted gosh. a shout out to Connor and Rachel. Connor and Rachel. At Dutch Bros. We're so excited. Um, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to <clears throat> Team Comfy Pants. Yay. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're I mean, just in that window. You could be wearing any kind of pants. You in really there. could. I mean, put on some comfy pants. What? Who's gonna stop you? <laughs> I certainly won't. I won't. I'll be more happy. So anyway, we're one step closer to so you're being sponsored by Dutch Brothers. Full Dutch Bro sponsorship. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
That's so exciting. Yeah. So it was it was cool. Well, you have. I mean, obviously, you'll go back next week, and you'll have to be like, "How was?" Just name something that we've never talked about. How was the Under the Sea episode? And they'll be like, "Oh, it was so good. I love that one especially." It's like, no, you didn't. It's like you liars. How did How did you like our, our rendition of a of a Wait for It by from Hamilton? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, they loved it. Yeah, they loved it. Was, I loved it. I mean, that's what you missed, people. We yeah. I don't know. We were we, we started this a little bit later than normal because I had technical difficulties, and we were singing. Hamilton. She's the one that had technical difficulties because I don't help. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how well, to do it. Yeah. She's the expert. Except I'm the one that ruined it when it was a bad recording. Oh, I will no, take no, no. no it's the nails. We already nails. talked about that. Nail, nail propaganda, which... Yes. I'm, like, looking around just to see if they're... Oh, they're behind the, sh- There's the like, sheetrock. They're going to start coming. Yeah, they just, like... coming out of the oh, wall. Oh, no. Can you imagine? Yeah, that would be terrible. I'd have to rebuild my house with pegs and glue. Do you hear that? <laughs> hear that, Ailes? Stay in there. Pegs and glue. Stay <laughs> in your lane. You can be replaced. <laughs> but I'd rather not. That'd be too much work. Oh, yeah. No, that's no. why they use nails. It's because it's way easier. Well, yeah, and they use like almost use like a nail gun too. Yeah, for they sure. don't use like you know hammer, not like do 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 do. Yeah, I mean they might, but they used to. Mostly they're just you know. Maybe this house actually. Yeah. It's built in the sixties. Hmm. It could. Those are old nails. The house is gonna fall down. <laughs> 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 this podcast brought to you by nails. <laughs> <laughs> sponsored by nails. Last week was sponsored by Penny's Crunchy Food. Now yeah. we yeah. Uh, the nails in my wall. Please stay nails. put. <laughs> we love your nails. <laughs> so what's new with you? Oh, nothing. You yeah. know, I've been working. Oh, thanks for asking. My, I don't. It's not technically pants. I'm wearing. It's a, part pants. Part of it's pants. I'm wearing a unicorn onesie. God bless. God. <laughs> Bless America. It's got the hood has a horn on it. It's beautiful. It's just it's a thing of beauty. Be- <laughs> That's really. I mean, here I'm gonna hide my face. Yeah, I'm going to take a picture right now <laughs> so that you know what I'm, you know, witnessing. What is what is staring at me from across the table <laughs> right now? Uh, yeah. So it's quite warm. I got it because why not? Because it's a unicorn onesie, I guess. I don't need to explain. I don't think you need a reason. I mean, yeah. if someone asked you for a reason why you bought that, do you really want to be friends because with them? Because I wanted it. <laughs> well, I got it because, you know, when your pants and your, like, sweatshirt, when you're sleeping, separate, and then your tummy's cold. So I got onesies, and that doesn't happen. Oh. Problem solved. Problem solved. Yep. They're Bag. very cozy, very comfy. I got my first onesie well mm-hmm. not my first onesie because let's face it we wore, we wore onesies when we were babies and kids yeah. um but when i was in college my friends and i went to target and decided to so we decided to buy onesies but it was before the huge craze of like adult onesies oh yeah <laughs> you had to buy child we onesies. had to buy ch- the largest <laughs> child's onesie wow that's impressive i definitely it was like a four x l uh-huh children's onesie <laughs> it's amazing and it do you like, remember what the like the print was? oh yeah what it's character? um it was blue with like a lighter blue 
pattern on it that had like peace signs and hearts. Nice. And then it had oh, a, is a it like white kind of tie dye almost? No. No. Okay. And then it had a white cat like right on oh. the um, upper like left chest. Like where you'd have a pocket. Yeah, but it was just the cat. That's adorable. So yeah, we got Yo, cozy kitty children's onesies because why not? Because onesies are amazing. Yeah, and it was before the whole adult onesie craze. Yeah. So. Do they have footies? Mine don't have footies. I'm too tall. Yes, they had footies. Yeah. I'm too tall. It wouldn't fit me. Which was amazing because I would walk around my apartment in my onesie um, quite often. And the footies were nice for, like, grip. So mm, I could, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. These socks have grippies on them. Ooh. So I don't slip when I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> when you're running. Running around your house. Yeah. Because <laughs> I do that so often. Well. Yeah. One must. Uh, so yeah, nothing. I went on a hike this weekend. That was fun. Oh yeah, where'd it was you go? Really sunny up uh, to up a mountain. Oh shoot! Did it I look like clip art? No, it did not. But well, you could see Mount Rainier, which is basically a clip art, mm-hmm. a good clip art mountain. <laughs> But that is a mountain. <laughs> yeah. Nothing really exciting happened, though. It was cold. There was one of the lakes was frozen that I saw. Yeah. There was some snow. Snow. But it's probably the last hike that you don't need snowshoes on. So I went for it. Go for it. Yeah. Why not? I did it. Don't wait for it. I did not. I wasn't willing to wait for it. <laughs> How many Hamilton like, <laughs> I know. I think we can really do things. a great job. We both listened to the sound. Well, Alex messaged me today and she was like I'm listening to Hamilton and I stopped what I was doing and turned it on because I got really jealous I was actually listening to the book for what I'm going to talk about today and I didn't finish it because I listened to Hamilton that's hey that's okay well yeah. the reason I was listening to Hamilton and we're probably going to end up doing a whole Hamilton Ooh, yeah, episode for sure but and then I got distracted listening to Hamilton oh yeah and then I started googling like the characters, the characters I mean the people which they're people yeah they were so I got to Aaron Burr. Aaron Burr, um, sir. sir. <laughs> Did you know he always he always like refers to Aaron Burr when um, Hamilton's sir. talking oh, to yeah. Aaron? It's always like Aaron I know, Burr. I, did, I didn't notice sir. that. That's why that's why I said it. So yeah, I started Wikipediaing <laughs> the on my yeah, lunch but don't spoil it. Break. Yeah, your your breaks and lunches. Probably gonna cut this out. No, it's good. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, don't spoil it because that, that was a good, that fact you told yeah, me. Yeah, it's a good great. factoid. So stay so tuned for a, full... a Hamilton episode where I expose You better be willing factoid. to wait for it. Yeah. Wait for it. Wait for it. Um, and Peggy. <laughs> and I'm Peggy. Yeah, I'm Peggy. <laughs> Nobody cares, Peggy. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> so we have two quite... Oh, big ones. Big, big boys. Big ones today. And I think we should just dive right into it. I think so, because I think mine could be quite long. I'm going to try and breeze through it, but there's so many things. Just jump right in. I mean, we're we're taking it with the OGs of Northwest. Hometown heroes. Hometown. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to call them heroes. Hometown. Hometown scumbags. Hometown. Basically, they're serial killers that are the most well-known from the Northwest. Yeah, which yeah. there's a lot from the Northwest. There's so. a lot of them up here. So. Like we talked about with Dexter. They just all... Yeah, well, yeah, come even here. he comes here. He does, yeah. He's a lumberjack. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Ted Bundy whoop, whoop. and Gary Ridgway. Green River Green Killer. Green River Killer. So 
Let's do it. Let's start with. with it feels like I should start with, with the Bundinator. With Teddy. Teddy Bun Bun. Teddy B. Okay. Um, first of all, have you seen the Bundy tapes? Yes. Okay. I think I've seen everything that's related to Bundy. Ooh. Okay. We should have switched them. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and then the Zac Efron movie. Yeah, Extremely, extremely Wicked. wicked. Shockedly Evil and Vile. Yes. I'm sorry, but I love Zac Efron. <laughs> I mean... I started to have a crush on Ted Bundy. But, well, here's the thing. People back then, they did have a crush that's on true. Ted Bundy. That's true. That's how he did it. That's how he was able to yeah. to, to get his... his I guess that's hands. true. I would have been the one. I would have been... Not the one. One of the many, many. <laughs> okay, so... Um, Ted Bundy's mom, her name was Eleanor, but she went by her middle name, Louise Cowell. Um, she was 22 when she was impregnated by a man that she only ever referred to as a sailor. Ahoy, sailor. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, hoy. Uh, her parents were really strict and it was the 40s. So it was, uh, mid 40s. Um, and so that was like very taboo. You couldn't be like a single mom, even though she was 22. Like, just say he's kinda... off to war or something, right? Yeah, like you could, you could like. It's he lie. was born in 46, so just say he died in the war. <laughs> so, anyways, they sent her to a home for unwed mothers. It was called the Elizabeth Lund Home for Unwed Mothers. And I was listening to the Anne Rule book, um, The Stranger Beside Me, and she said that the locals uh, called it the Lizzie Lund Home for Naughty Ladies, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Can we rename your house the Lizzie Lund Home <laughs> for, for Naughty, naughty Ladies? Mean Penny, up to <laughs> no good. Uh, okay, so she was there, I can't remember, for a couple months. Um, and then Theodore Robert Cowell was born on November 24th. His last name's not Bundy? Not yet. 11, uh, November 24th, 1946. Um, he was raised to believe that his grandfather was his father and his mom was his sister. Which, yeah, your face. Um, I'm making a face and I'm not saying anything just because I was having some water. Um, <laughs> She's that appalled. I needed to hydrate. <laughs> um, but I would like to shout out a few other people of note that the same thing happened, and they, they turned out fine. <laughs> they didn't kill people. Well, as far as I know. Um, so the first one was Bobby Darren. Do you know who that is? Isn't he a singer? Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Good job. Um, he in like in the fifties, his song that I recognized was is called "Beyond the Sea." Somewhere beyond the sea. Somewhere. somewhere yeah, that's the one. Oh, I'm so me. glad you know. Oh yeah. Um, he was raised by his grandparents who were trying to hide the fact that their teenage unwed daughter gave birth, much like Ted's. And that he was born, I think, in the 30s, so like 10 years before Ted. Yeah. Um, Eric Clapton. Love me some Clapton. Thought that his grandparents were his parents. Uh, his quote unquote sister had him when she was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And Jack Nicholson. Oh. Was brought up by his grandparents, who he believed to be his parents. But they, but it was. But he not. learned when he was thirty-seven. Holy That moly. his sister was actually his mother. Thirty-seven. That's a long time. That's quite a secret. That's keep it. That's keeping up like, the con. Yeah, well, I really don't con. have written down how 
old she was when she had it, but it's got to be like at least what, like sixteen years or so. At least difference, like. Well, because if you're gonna pretend that your grandparents are your parents, yeah, there's got to, and your sister, your mom's your sister. There's got to be at least like a sixteen year age gap, sixteen or eighteen years. Yeah. So, I just thought that was kind of interesting. And none of them killed anyone. (laughs) Well, that we know of, we don't know. Uh, not as many people, certainly. I mean, Jack Nicholson, <laughs> I think, did in movies. Oh, for sure he did. Yeah. To avoid neighbors talking, because, like, obviously... <laughs> oh, I think the mom went into the the unwed mother's home when she was, like, seven months pregnant. So, obviously showing. So, like, the neighbors oh. knew. Oh. Okay. So, to avoid them, like, talking and, like... Ted being like, sorry, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, what? Come again? Like the mom sister situation. So they moved from Vermont, where he was born, to Tacoma, where Louise and Ted changed their last name to Ted Nelson. Still not Bundy. Still not, we're still not at Bundy. Still not Bundy, but here we go. Eleanor, uh, or sorry. Her... Peggy? No. <laughs> no. Peggy. Not Peggy. She go no, she goes by Louise. Liz Louise. Oh. Oh. Her first name is Eleanor, but she goes by Louise, but I wrote Eleanor to mess with me. Uh so Louise met John Bundy. Nurse Bundy. In Tacoma in ni- and they married each other in nineteen fifty one. So he they moved the sister mom and Ted moved to Tacoma. Oh, that's right, because then the... without the grandparents. And then by then I'm assuming Ted knew that no sister oh so he just moved in with his he was moving in with his sister with his sister who's 22 years older than him she marries Johnny Bundy and then Ted takes his sister's new last name he had to have known by now isn't that so weird that's strange well I guess actually Johnny adopted him but still that's super weird yeah because that's your brother-in-law and your dad. <laughs> Well, I guess if they framed it like, you know, the grandparents are getting old and... Still, just keep your last name. I don't yeah, know. I don't it's know. weird. Uh, anyways, Ted Bundy does sound a lot better than Ted Nelson. <clears throat> Another thing I thought was interesting as I was reading the Wikipedia page about this <laughs> is Ted Bundy, they don't ever say... He's not like three... He doesn't have three names like most. But oh. Ted and Bundy are both common names, so I wonder why... I bet if his last name was Nelson. Yeah. They'd probably do Be Ted, Ted Robert. Ted Robert. It just doesn't really have a great flow to it. Theodore Robert Bundy. It's too long. Okay, so when he lived in Tacoma, now he's Ted Bundy. We finally have him. Yeah, he's Ted Bundy now. <clears throat> he was picked up a couple times for suspicion of auto theft, but he was never charged, but he was like kind of known to the cops in the area. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he didn't really do anything of note. Um, in the spring of 1967, um, Ted met Stephanie Brooks, which is actually not her real name. Oh. Which I didn't know. A, a, they a pseudonym? A pseudonym? Yeah. Um, and they started dating, but Stephanie felt like Ted had no real plans for the future. Um, and Little did she know. <laughs> no. Um, and eventually, after, I'm not sure how long they were together, but eventually she ended their relationship um, and moved back with her family in California. Um, She said she was frustrated by Bundy's immaturity and lack of ambition. Which, like, 
don't know. It kind of takes a lot to kill somebody. I mean, maybe it's just he was, maybe that's kind of what made him ambitious. Like, Yeah, I think so. I'll show you. Yeah, I think so. Um, so he started taking a lot of uh, psychology courses. He took physiological psych, social psych, stats, which isn't psych, but developmental psychology, deviant personality, and deviant development. Ooh. And he became an honor student. Stephanie, yes. how you like me now? How you like me now? <laughs> and while he was doing that, he worked with a professor on a research project studying variables which influence jury decisions. Ooh. Which I thought was very interesting. That is interesting. And so Bundy. So Bundy. So Bundy. <clears throat> That's so Bundy. Um, so he was in Washington uh, in 1969 when he met Elizabeth Klopfer. Sure. It's hard to say. I'm just going to call her Elizabeth because it's a hard, it's a hard last name. Um, which I'm not sure if Elizabeth actually is a pseudonym or not. I know she's referred to as a few other names like Meg, Beth, and Liz, which Liz is the same as Elizabeth. But anyway, so he meets her um, and just keep her in mind. Noted. They start dating when they meet in 69. Um, in 1970, he was an ideal citizen. He even gained commendation from the Seattle Police Department when he ran down a purse snatcher and returned the bag to the victim. In the summer of 1970, he saved a three-and-a-half-year-old baby from drowning in Green Lake. Model citizen. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. I don't That's know. That's weird. Um, he also worked at the Seattle Crisis Clinic in 1971. Um, where he sat next to Ann Rule. Where he was friends with Ann Rule. But it wasn't because he was a good person. It was like a work study. Like a... Oh. What do you call that? To get like college credit yeah. or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think he got paid too, but... Anyways, um, so yeah, they were friends, and I was, like I said, reading The Stranger Beside Me. He, she, Anne said that he told her eventually that he went back to Vermont in 1969 when he was 22 because he was suspicious that his mom, I mean, his sister wasn't his sister. Mm. Because obviously, like, they didn't do a very good job of hiding that. No. It didn't, other than it didn't moving him to Tacoma, but... Um, so anyway, he said that he looked up his birth certificate and his mom's name. And it was like, yep. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> Called it. Um, but he told Ann Rule that he wasn't shocked or upset because he just wanted to know the truth. And now he knew. Because hmm. he kind of had an inkling before. Yeah. Um, but according to, and that's. According to Ann Rule's book. But according to Wikipedia, he told a girlfriend that a cousin showed him a copy of his birth certificate after calling him a, a quote-unquote bastard. <laughs> but he told biographers, I guess I should say their names, Stephen Muchoud and Hugh Ainsworth, <laughs> <laughs> that he found the certificate himself. So it's like he keeps telling different people different stories, which, I mean, obviously he's crazy, so that's on par i guess yeah it's 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 on brand on brand that's what i was thinking well on par works too but i think both so either way all parties say that bundy expressed a lifelong resentment towards his mother for never never talking to him about his real father mm. well um, she didn't know his real father she just referred to him as the sailor or did she know who i think he was? she knew she just oh. didn't want to say 
Sue, after graduating from UW in 1972, um, Bundy joined Governor Daniel J. Evans' re-election campaign. Woohoo! He was posing as a college student, and he shadowed Evans' opponent, former Governor Albert Rossellini. 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 Um, and he recorded his stump speeches for analysis by Evans' team. <laughs> Evans appointed spy. spy. Evans appointed Bundy to the Seattle Crime Prevention Advisory Committee. Ooh, bold Lying. move! Bold move. Um, during a trip to California on Republican Party business in the summer of '73, uh, Bundy rekindled his relationship with Stephanie Brooks. Ooh. Um, she was like really excited about his transformation into a serious, dedicated professional, um, who seemed like he was on the cusp of a, a legal and political career. Um, but he continued to date, ooh, I was right. Okay. He continued to date Elizabeth as well. And neither of them knew that the other one existed. Um, it's just bad news. It's not great. That's not great. Class it up, Ted. I mean, yeah. <laughs> January 1974, um, he abruptly broke off all contact. <laughs> Her phone calls and letters went unreturned. Um, to Stephanie? To Stephanie, yeah, Uh-oh. sorry. Um, even though, like, the week before, he had introduced her as his fiance, even though he hadn't actually proposed, I don't think. But so then he just, Old like... Move, Teddy. Yeah, then he just stopped talking to her. And she wrote him a letter... And he didn't, like, respond or anything. And then finally she reached him a month later on the phone. And she was like, why and what and how? Like, what's happening? (laughs) And in a flat, calm voice, he replied, Stephanie, I have no idea what you mean. And hung up. (gasps) And she never heard from him again. Well, good. Yeah. But also, strange, strange man. He later explained, I just wanted to prove to myself that I could have married her. Um, what an ego. I know. I hate him. Oh, he's terrible. That's like such a dude thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Brooks concluded in retrospect that he had deliberately planned the entire courtship and rejection in advance as vengeance. Against women. For the breakup she initiated in 1968. Ooh. Um, and she, let's reflect, had long... Brown hair parted down the middle. Mm. Put a pin in that. I sense, I sense a pattern coming. <laughs> I sense a, uh, I sense that the... I just said that out of nowhere because yeah, you know it's a thing. Um, so no one knows exactly when Bundy began killing people. Like everybody that he talked to, he told different stories, which is so annoying. <laughs> like, so... you're very bad we all know it just say now well and he knew it too so that's probably why he was telling people different stories why i don't know <laughs> just to be rude just to be rude and obnoxious. just so we could be even more mad at him yeah um okay well at the very least um he started attacking people in 1974 which is about the time that he ended the relationship with brooks or just straight up ghosted her. <laughs> yeah. I don't me, think that don't, counts as ending it. That's not ending it. That's just, <laughs> that's ghosting. Uh, 
anyways, he snuck into the apartment of Karen Sparks, which I believe is also a pseudonym. I'm not sure. Um, she was an 18-year-old UW student, and he bludgeoned her with a metal rod mm-hmm. um, that he got from her bed frame. Um, and he also did other gross stuff. Gross. She was in a coma for 10 days, but with permanent physical and mental disabilities, she's actually survived. Oh, yeah. Yay. I think she was in, like, a documentary. Oh, really? Something. Not her, but, like, her sister or something. Mm. Yay. Yay. She did it. She's alive. Um, so that was in, what did I say? 74. 74. I, I didn't say the month is what I was looking for. Oh, it must have been in January because my next one is one month later. <laughs> on February 1st, he broke into the basement room of the local morning radio weather reporter. Her name was Linda Ann Healy. Um, and he also beat her unconscious. And then he dressed her in blue jeans, a white blouse, and boots and carried her away into the night. Probably to make it look like... She got ready. He was taking her home from a party and she was oh, too drunk. she was drunk instead of like in her nightgown or whatever they wore. Yeah, <laughs> because no one's going to... I mean, mm. people are not really going to question if someone's fully yeah. dressed. Yeah, And, Smart. you know, it's less... Yes, yeah, for sure. The next month, on March 12th, Donna Gail Manson, a 19-year-old student from Evergreen State College, left her dorm room to go to a jazz concert, and she never showed up and was never seen again. I think she was the only one that was killed outside of the Seattle area, right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen. <laughs> Not according to Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Wikipedia never lies. Okay. We're in April. April 17th, Susan Elaine Rancourt disappeared on her way to her dorm after she was just at a meeting in Central in Ellensburg. Central Washington Mm -hmm. University? College? Yeah, university. University. Mm -hmm. Um, But this time somebody saw something. So two college students from Central came forward to report a man wearing an arm sling, asking for help carrying his books to his tan Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> All right, May 6th. He's doing one a month. May 6th, Roberta Kathleen Parks left her dorm at Oregon State to have coffee with her friends, but she never arrived. Brenda Carroll Ball disappeared June 1st after leaving the Flame Tavern in Burien. She was last seen in the parking lot talking to a brown haired man with his arm in a sling. Can I chime in really quick yes, about a story? I paused just so you, okay. I didn't know if you wanted to say. Yeah, so um, I, you know, every time you bring up Ted Bundy to people that were, you know, living in the area yeah. around that time, um, people have very like distinct reactions. Oh yeah, and usually it's they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it gives them the hibbitajibitus. Hib jibs. Hib jibs. My dad, I was when I was watching all this Ted Bundy stuff, yeah. these Ted Bundy movies, and he goes, "I don't understand why you're watching that." He goes, "It's gross." It's mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, what, what? And he goes, he's like, I knew one of the victims. Yeah. And it was Brenda Ball. So, and I. It's tough. He won't tell me much. Yeah. Like, he, for the longest time, I just thought that they knew each other because he would go to that same bar in Burien. Yeah. Um, and then recently, he said that he once gave Brenda Ball a ride home. Uh-oh. So, 
My dad is not Ted Bundy. I just want to put oh, that out there. <laughs> he's not Ted Bundy. Oh, I thought you were just um, So I think like every, you know, few months I try to get more information. Yeah. <laughs> more information <laughs> out about my dad and Brenda Ball. But yeah, he knew her and gave her a ride home once. Oh, from the bar? From the bar. <sighs> interesting do so. you know um it's now the fiesta del mar do you know where that is yeah it's that's that's I looked, the place I, I looked it up and uh, me too <laughs> was like where is this now it's the fiesta del mar okay <laughs> june 11th george ann hawkins vanished while walking down a brightly lit alley between her boyfriend's dorm and her sorority house um it was like 90 feet that she had to walk um, and she just never came. She never got home. Uh, the next morning, three homicide detectives combed the alleyway on their literal hands and knees, and they didn't find anything. But Bundy said later that he returned there that morning also and got her earrings in a shoe, and then he, like, picked them up and put them in a different parking lot. So, like, maybe when you're on your hands and knees searching also, look up. Look around. Yeah. He came back to the scene of the crime. Uh, but the Seattle detectives couldn't find any significant physical evidence. Um, and the women didn't have anything in common. Like, they didn't know each other. Obviously, they're from different schools, even. The only thing um, was their physical appearance and their hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Brown, <laughs> straight, parted down the oh, middle. Oh, girl, you're good. But also in the 70s, wasn't that literally everybody? I think it was that or, like, the big Farrah Fawcett hair. Mm, but was that's that still a middle part. Yeah, but it's not, like, straight in her head. Yeah, she was that's blonde. True. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. During these months, he was working as the assistant director of the Seattle Crime Prevention Advisory Commission. Of course he was. <laughs> One of his more notable, to me at least, achievements was a pamphlet he wrote for women on rape prevention. Mm-hmm. Woot. Just a Just. lot of thoughts. <sighs> okay, he later worked at the Department of Emergency Services, um, which is a state agency that helped search for the missing women. Oh, well, you Ooh. know. So he can get them off the scent, off the trail. Yeah, Send them in a different exactly. direction. Or just see where they're at, like, oh, they know the that kind of shoe or whatever i'll change my shoes next time yeah crazy um okay we're now in july a beautiful sunny sun shining july day at sammamish state park have you ever been there i have i used to live by there oh i used to row there every day yeah i used to live right by it issaquah oh okay so yeah awesome (laughs) i don't live there now but i used to no me either um so there were five female witnesses who described an attractive young man wearing a white tennis outfit. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> come on. Uh, with his left arm in a sling, mm. speaking with an accent. Was he near a tan vida bug <laughs> by chance? Oh, funny you should ask. He was introducing himself as Ted, asking for help unloading a sailboat from a tan beetle. How in the world... Does a sailboat fit? It doesn't. In a beetle. So <laughs> there's several red flags. How? Like the 
a sailboat wouldn't fit on a beach. No. <laughs> no chance. Even if it's a tiny one. Like a rowboat. No. Wouldn't fit on a beetle. You'd have to put it on the top. He may not have mentioned it was a beetle. Well. But still, but when you get also, to the beetle, I mean, it could be like, excuse me, there's no sailboat. Yeah. Unless he, did he mean like a, like a tiny little sailboat? <laughs> like one of the ro- remote like, control ones. Yeah, one of those little tiny ones. <laughs> but that would have been in the car and he can carry that with one hand. But anyways, there's also a boat launch super close to that park. Why is he not at the boat launch launching his boat? Yeah. That park is like, it's just sandy beach. It's like a long, long, not that long. It's like a long walk to a sidewalk down to like the beach area. Yeah. Go to the boat launch. It's five minutes away. I'm sorry. A sailboat does not fit in a beetle. I'm not getting over that. (laughs) Or a bug. They were bugs back then. And then when they read them, they were the beetle. Oh, they kept saying beetle in the... um, they were, they were bugs, and then they were okay. a beetle. Which is a beetle. I think. Um, I and why is he only asking women for help? Like, wouldn't you get a strapping young, <laughs> strong man? I would, I would. personally. I mean, yeah. Um, so <laughs> Yoo-hoo! Yoo-hoo! <laughs> <laughs> you help me. Yeah. Oh, and also, he has his arm in a sling. How's he going to sail? Like, it's really hard to sail with There's two a, arms. a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. I have a I lot know. of questions, not enough answers. Zero answers. Yeah, none. So the f- four out of the five people, um, witnesses, refused to help him. They were like, no. Sorry. And then, but one of them was like, yeah, sure. And then she got to the car and saw there was no sailboat. And she was like, peace out. It's a beetle. Goodbye. <laughs> bug. It's a bug. Whatever. Like, whatever. Um, but unfortunately he was able to talk two women, um, into his trap. I think he said that the sailboat was at his house and he like need to go get it. And so they got in his car. Um, so some witnesses say they saw him approach Janice Ann Ott, a 23 year old juvenile probation caseworker, um, and saw her walk away with him. And then four hours later, he came back and lured a 19-year-old Denise Marie Nasland away from a picnic um, that she was at with her friends when she went to go use the bathroom. And then she never came back. But the good news is they now have a description of him. And a name. The car. And the name. (laughs) The real name. He's like, well, maybe if I search in a British accent. No, no, no. My name is Ted. (laughs) And what British person would introduce themselves as Ted? They <laughs> would definitely Theodore. say, I'm Theodore. <laughs> Theodore Bundy. Theodore Bundy. Well, yeah, he should have known. Oh, um, so since they had all that information, the police posted flyers throughout the greater Seattle area with the composite sketch and that information. His girlfriend, Elizabeth, Anne Rule... And a coworker from the Department of Emergency Services all put the pieces together and reported him as a potential suspect. But they had, like, it said they had over 200, um, like, calls that day. And so it just, like, kind of... But four, three of them were about Ted Bundy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, they didn't get him. Yeah. Um, and the two Sammamish Park victims, along with George and Hawkins, remains were found down a Forest Service road two miles from the lake. The partial remains 
were found by the Green River. Mm-hmm. Oh, not by by Green yeah. River students. <laughs> um, I take that back. <laughs> Healy, Rancourt, Parks, and Ball uh, were found on Taylor Mountain in Issaquah. Um, and Manson's, they were never recovered. <laughs> One uh, set of remains were never recovered. Yeah. In 1974, Bundy moves on to Salt Lake City to attend the University of Utah Law School. And guess what followed him? Murders. Dead people. <laughs> there was actually a, I don't know if this was when he was going to Utah or when he was coming back from Utah, mm-hmm. but there was a story going around that he stopped at Gonzaga University. Mm-hmm. And he, on his way, stopped at Gonzaga, went to like a house party, uh-huh. met up with a girl. Uh-oh. Long hair. Yes. And stayed in the dorm rooms. Oh no! But the only reason he didn't kill her was because her she, and she was driving to Pullman the next day, Uh so she was going to take him to Pullman. Oh no! Or he was going to take her to Pullman. Uh And the only reason why he didn't kill her was because she told her friend, "This is Ted. I'm Uh, going with him to Pullman." Yikes! Good call. Good call. I mean, but yeah. So I don't. I don't know where that fit in. But yeah, it's my other. Story, was that he stayed at um, Madonna Hall at Gonzaga Ooh. University? Fancy. So it's not. <laughs> <laughs> On October second, he killed Nancy Wilcox. Um, October eighteenth. Now we're getting faster. Oh, Less geez. time between. Picking up. Melissa Ann Smith. He murdered. October thirty first, Laura and Amy was killed. November eighth, Carol DeRoach was approached by Officer Rosland who told her someone had attempted to break into her car and she needed to come with him uh, to the station to file a police report. Um, and she got into what I like to call the classic cop car, a tan bug. Oh, that's <laughs> the first thing I think of when I think of cop cars. Yeah. And when she realized they weren't actually headed to the police department, she was like, uh, what? Like, what are we <laughs> dealing? Um, and he like pulled over and tried to handcuff her. But he he put both cuffs on the same wrist, and so she opened the door and, like, ran. And she escaped. What a dum-dum. Not <laughs> her. Bundy. <laughs> yeah, he's a dum-dum. But Carol DeRoach escaped. Escape. Good job. You did it. Way but, to go, Carol. Yay. But that night, um, 17-year-old Deborah Jean Kent went missing after leaving a theater production at her high school. Well, he was sick. Outside the auditorium... They found a key that unlocked Carol DeRoach's handcuffs. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. My question is, was she was just wearing them all day? <laughs> Bracelets. We can't find the key anywhere. <laughs> like, what if they'd never found it? Is that um, like a universal key, though, for handcuffs? I thought so. I thought but it was a universal key. Maybe not in the 70s. I don't know. Um, okay, so girlfriend Elizabeth heard the news that now she still lived in Seattle, but... She heard the news that young women were now disappearing in Salt Lake City. Um, and she was already sus after the Lake Spamish incident. Mm-hmm. Um, so she calls the police again and was like, um, so he moved to Salt Lake City and now it's happening there. Like, yeah, it's something. There's there's a common there's thread here. something connecting. Um, and so they actually did bring her in to interview her. Um but they didn't have, like, really any evidence to link him to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 
Bundy came to Seattle and stayed with Elizabeth for a week after his final exam- final exams. And she didn't mention <laughs> By the way, that she'd reported him to the police. By the way, I may or may not have called the police. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I think I would be like, oh, I'm super out of town that week. <laughs> oh, not home. Yeah. Uh, uh, getting my guest room painted. Yeah. My house is getting fumigated. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, now he goes to Colorado um, and, and women start showing up dead. On January 2nd, Karen Aline Campbell disappeared while walking from her hotel room to the elevator, the hotel elevator. She disappears in like a well-lit hall. He's got to be like super charming or he had to be. Um, well, yeah, that was one thing that they were saying is that he's yeah. super, he was super good looking. He can sell. And super charming. Snow to a Eskimo. <laughs> I think so. Sell, sell trash to a. Trash to a trash man. Trash man. I don't know. Uh, okay. Where was I? March 15th. Julie Cunningham disappeared while walking from her apartment to go to dinner with a friend. April 6th. Denise Lynn Alverson disappeared while riding her bike. May 6, 12-year-old little baby. 12. 12. Lynette Don Culver was lured away by Bundy from her junior high school. She's a baby. baby. June 28th, Susan Curtis vanished from Brigham Young. Um, And I guess on the confession, the Bundy tapes, Mm -hmm. she was the last one that he confessed to, like, moments before he was executed. Mm. Actually, I haven't seen all of that documentary series but yeah that's what wikipedia said on august 16th the day before my birthday but also 19 years before my birthday 1975 ted was noticed by a patrol car um once he saw the patrol car he just like stepped on it and sped off (laughs) and so not suspicious at all so he got pulled over obviously the officer noticed that the front passenger seat was removed and like places on the back seats <laughs> he also noticed a ski mask a second pantyhose mask a crowbar handcuffs trash bag coil of rope an ice pick and one giant red flag <laughs> <laughs> literally a red flag <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> and one giant red flag <laughs> uh bundy had excuses for all the items though he was like well the ski mask is obviously for skiing like I found so is the, the ice pick. crowbar in the trash or whatever. I think he said he found the handcuffs in the trash. But Detective Jerry Thompson remembered that the car in Durant's kidnapping back in November was tan bug. Was a tan bug, which is what he just pulled over. But they didn't have enough evidence to keep him, so they um, they kept him on a twenty four hour watch. Like they mm. just followed him everywhere. Um, and the Salt Lake City detective uh, flew to Seattle, um, and they brought Liz back in for another interview. And she mentioned some odd items that she'd found in her house, such as crust, <laughs> crutches, plaster of Paris, a meat cleaver that was never used for cooking, surgical gloves, a sack full of women's clothing, and another red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so many red flags. <laughs> Uh, in September, he sold his bug to a teenager, but the Utah police impounded it, and the FBI dismantled it and searched it. 
They found hairs from three of the victims, Campbell Smith and DeRanch, in which they said if it's not related, it would be a coincidence of mind-boggling rarity. Mind. <laughs> which I agree. I absolutely agree. <laughs> I mean, my mind would be boggled. <clears throat> my mind, yeah. It is, and it wasn't a coincidence. Um, they put him in a lineup, and the survivor, our girl DeRanch, immediately identified him as Officer Rosalind. Mm. Um and then two students that were at the like school play saw him too, and they identified him as well. Um, he was booked for kidnapping and assault in Durant, but let out on fifteen thousand dollars bail, um, paid by his parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he stayed at Liz's house. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <What>? on bail. <laughs> this girl, you can, honey, you can make him go away. <laughs> Uh, but there still wasn't enough evidence uh, that he committed all the murders. But in February, February seven, 1976, he was found guilty and sentenced to 1 to 15 years in a Utah state prison. Hmm. In October, he was found hiding in the bushes. So he was in February, went to prison. In mm-hmm. October, he was found hiding in the bushes in the prison yard, carrying an escape kit, <laughs> such, which included <laughs> road maps. Airline schedules and a social security card. <laughs> um, and they made him. He said, "I'm a bush. <laughs> I'm a bush. Nothing to see here. Just your regular just bush. Just reading a map. That's all." <laughs> he spent several weeks in solitary for that, which I feel like for someone like Ted Bundy, that's the worst place to put him. Is he can just think and plot and yeah. scheme, like yeah. make him, <laughs> make him do. I don't know, something that... No, put him with the chattiest inmate that you have that will not stop talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he can't think. So he can't think. Yeah. Or just like maybe a bunch of bees. Just like... (laughs) It's really distracting. (laughs) Or Or mosquitoes. One mosquito. Yeah. Just Every time he actually kills it, you you release another one. (laughs) (laughs) It's just some guy in the bed just waiting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Later. He, oh, later that same month, October, after, I guess, the weeks in solitary, um, he was charged with Campbell's murder, and he was tra- transferred to Aspen for the trial. Um, and like a true crazy person who also is good at scheming, he decided to represent himself in court. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Well, he also had the, an ego the size of Texas. Such a big ego. And he went to law school. But since he was representing himself, he was excused by the judge from wearing handcuffs and leg shackles. Of course. Which is kind of a good idea if you're Ted Bundy. Uh, Not if you're that judge. Uh, While he was visiting the courthouse's law library, he jumped out the window and ran away. Yes. (laughs) It felt just like escape. He was on the run for six days. Um, he broke into cabins and stuff. He was also lost in the woods for two of those days. Um, and he finally stole a car where he was immediately pulled over for weaving in and out of lanes. <laughs> Wikipedia said because he was like, he was tired and cold. Oh, wham. Oh, poor Ted. Poor Teddy. Um, but obviously, you know, he was on the run for six days. So he the whole case was highly publicized because they're like yo if you see him yeah you see this guy so he asked to be moved to denver um and the judge was like yeah we'll move it but 
they moved it to Colorado Springs, where mm-hmm. juries had historically been hostile to murder suspects. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, Ted. <laughs> on December 30th, Bundy, <laughs> Bundy piled books and files onto his bed and covered them with his blankets. <laughs> no one will expect. <laughs> what kind of a lumpy... They're going to think it's me. <laughs> Definitely... <laughs> I'm a square box yeah, now, and I'm I am, so tired. I'm tired and cold, and I, when I'm cold, I turn into a box. <laughs> I mean, it worked. <laughs> he climbed into the ceiling, like, into the crawl space, um, and he jumped down into the deserted chief jailer's room. He was, like, gone for the night or the weekend or something. He changed into uh, the chief jailer's clothes and walked out the front door. And Damn it, Ted. <laughs> Ted, ugh. And since it was like Christmas, a lot of people were on Christmas, like the jail people were on Christmas, I don't know, taking vacays or whatever, I guess. <laughs> it seems like jail shouldn't have that. But but anyways, it was 17 hours before anyone even noticed he was missing. Oh, jeez. Um, so he ended up in Tallahassee. Oh, as with, far away from Colorado as he could get. Yeah, almost. Um, but not far enough. Not far enough. He rented a room under the alias Chris Hagen uh, near Florida State University. He claims he was going to try and live on the up and up and mm-hmm. like stop killing people all the time. Mm-hmm. He applied to one job, and they asked him for ID. He was like, just kidding. And he just like dipped. <laughs> He's like, no. Do you know what? I really tried. You know, I gave it an effort. <laughs> I but tried a lot. Alas, they asked for ID, and but- I just couldn't. I have a fake social security card. They, were, ask, they, were, they were asking me to do something. I just wasn't I comfortable. I didn't want to. My license picture is really bad. It's a terrible picture. <laughs> okay, last ones. Here we go. January of 1978, one week after his arrival. So he, he, he made lived, it a week. He lived on the up and up for one week. Yeah. It's like I did it for a week. <laughs> he entered the Kyle Omega sorority house through a back door with a faulty lock. Um, I think with like a piece of wood, he beat 21 year old Margaret Bowman. Then he went into another room, another bedroom of 20 year old Lisa Levy and did the same thing to her. And also, and then he went into the adjoining bedroom where he attacked Kathy Kleiner and Karen Chandler. Jeez. Um, Chandler and Kleiner survived the attack though. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that. Like a car drove by and the, and the headlights oh. shone. Yeah. <laughs> Shined. Shone. 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 In their window. Anyways, it scared them off. Um, but they were still being very Is he a cat? <laughs> Light. He's a, <laughs> he's a vampire. Um, it's like a raccoon. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so then he got scared away. And then he left, and he went into the home of uh, FSU student Cheryl Thompson, um, and he beat her very badly as mm. well. But she also lived, but with permanent deafness and an, an equilibrium damage. Oh. But she was a dancer, so that ended her oh, no. career, I know. <sighs> then, I think this is the last one. Then he lured a 12-year-old girl, Kimberly Diane Leach. Not the 12-year-old's baby from her school too um and she was later found in a park 35 miles away from where she was taken 
Okay, we did it. Bundy Oof. stole a car and fled Tallahassee, driving across the Panhandle, and he was stopped by a Pensacola police officer, David Lee, near the Alabama state line after he saw the bug. Was you got stolen. the bug back? No, it's a different one. He oh, stole geez. a different bug. <laughs> Get a new thing, Ted. Figure. <laughs> Don't have a calling card. Be a car. <laughs> that you're in. Uh, yeah, so the the police officer, like, you know, they'll, like, look up random plates or whatever. And he saw that it was um, stolen. So he pulled him over. And there was, like, he put Bundy under arrest. And there was, like, kind of a tussle. But he Lee finally subdued Bundy and mm-hmm. got him. Got him. As Lee transported his suspect to jail, he was unaware that he had just arrested one of the FBI, FBI's 10 most wanted fugitives. Ooh. He heard Bundy say, I wish you had killed me. So I'm not going to say that I didn't have enough time because I just didn't manage my time wisely. That's okay. <laughs> Since the last one. So I didn't really go into the trial or anything. And I know he like has a baby and stuff but yeah i didn't have time (laughs) but i will end with um uh, i found a new york times article that says um the condemned man spent the last few days confessing to at least 16 other killings to police detectives who had come here from the state of washington utah idaho and colorado in an attempt to clear up numerous murder investigations before mr bundy was silenced by his date with the executioner <laughs> i really like that sentence was that 89 or something mm-hmm. 90, 89 or 93 or i'm totally oh, 89 Ooh. that's when the new york times article came out so Ooh. glad i copied the link <laughs> uh anyways uh some of the confessions were made in killings with which authorities had not connected with him. And the federal state officials still link him to a dozen or more similar crimes since his spree began in February 1974 in Seattle. Ooh. So he's convicted of 30, but most likely he did much more. Yeah, he was he, ex- he was executed on January 24th, 1989. 1989. I was five months old. I was not born. Oh, not born. That's weird. It was in my life, but not yours. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Ted Bundy was not in my lifetime. Weird. Yeah, crazy. So, I did my best. He killed he so job. many people. Well, he did. He really did. But. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My guy killed more. Oh, no. I know. That's really upsetting. Why? I don't, I don't know. So, my guy. Yes. I'm going to talk about... The Green River Killer, Uh-oh. Gary Ridgway, Gary, Gar- who also does not go by three names. Oh, yeah. It's just Gary Ridgway. Huh. Green River Killer. That's three. Yeah. Well, that, that is true. Well, Green River's one, actually. It I is? Think. No, it's two, oh. I think. Yeah, that's I don't know. True. I'm the one that researched it. <laughs> I don't know. So, anyway, Gary Ridgway. He was mm-hmm. born uh, February 18th, 1949. Born in Salt Lake City, but <gasps> raised in SeaTac. So many things already are connected yeah and just to start off just with some dates uh his murder spree was from 1982 to 1998 oh, that's so long uh he was arrested on november 30th 2001 <gasps> and sentenced in 2003 wow do you but remember that at all i remember the arrest and the sentencing yeah like i do remember like yeah. this, the sentencing and all that i remember it a little bit but not any details or anything 
Um, so he was raised, like I said, in SeaTac, mm-hmm. Washington, which is close to the airport. Yeah. Which some people who's not who aren't from the area might not know that SeaTac is a actual city. City. Yeah. Um, it used to be called Bow Lake, oh. but now it's SeaTac. Hmm. Interesting. There's yeah. Bow Lake in Bellingham, which is weird. Hmm. The more you know. Here we go. Here now we, we go. Know. <laughs> um, so he had a domineering mom. Oh, no. And he was a bedwetter. And his mom, when he would wet the bed, Uh-oh. she would ridicule him and just be a terrible human mother. Yeah. Um, and Bun- Rid- Bundy, <laughs> Ridgeway, <laughs> had a, he hated his mom, he was angry at her. But he also was sexually attracted oh, to no. her at the same time. That's so, not yeah. great. It's not great. Not, not great. No, not at all. Um, he had an IQ of 82. Oh, okay. Which is, which is low, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. I don't actually know what's happening. I think it's like in the 100s or something. Like low? Like 100s? 114 or something. Okay. I don't know. Um, but it's low. And when he, he went to Tai High School... Hmm. Which is in, it's in SeaTac. Um, It's actually right up in the airport. Um, And when he was, when they asked people that he went to school with, you know, what was Ridgeway like in school? Yeah. uh, They said he was congenial, but forgettable. Oh, that's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's the saddest thing could ever be described. Yes. He is just congenial, but (laughs) forgettable. And I had to repeat grades, I think, a couple times oh. just to get grades to pass. So when he was 16, he, he stabbed a six-year-old. <gasps> a six-year-old? Yeah. Lured him out to the woods and stabbed him. Oh, my gosh. The six-year-old survived. Oh, good. And remembers Ridgeway walking away and laughing while saying, I always wondered what it would be like to kill. Oh, my gosh. So... Red flag. Red flag. Red flag warning. Um, hmm. And at 18, he decided to join the Navy. But he didn't get in trouble for that at all? No. Okay. Did not. Uh, 18, he joined the Navy. Mm-hmm. And he served in Vietnam. Mm. He married his high school girlfriend, Claudia, mm. which ended after one year because she was like, no, nah, I'm not interested anymore. You're, over it. you're at war and I'm here. <laughs> and you are in love with your mom that you hate. Yeah, this is weird. Um, and so during his service, he started hooking up with sex workers in Vietnam. Yeah. Okay. As I think, I think it was. A popular, I think it was a thing. Yeah. It was something to do. But he contracted a gonorrhea twice. Oh no! <laughs> Not once. Twice. Oh boy! Uh, and this this pissed him off. He was not happy that he was like, go, women. It was a burning piss. Right. <laughs> Just, I actually don't know the Burningly symptoms, but I assume. Um, but that didn't stop him from no, his love-hate not. relationship with sex workers. Oh, okay. Um, so between ni- the 1980s and 1990s, okay. they've proven that he's killed 48 women. Sheesh. There's a potential of up to 71. Oh, that's so many. Just all victims. in SeaTac? Just all in SeaTac. He oh said he did a couple in Portland uh-huh. to throw the police off. Oh, yeah. I bet he, I bet he did. <laughs> off his trail. He did like two in Portland. He goes, that'll teach him. <laughs> They'll never catch me. They'll never catch me. Um, so his victims kind of all fit a very similar... Spectrum? No. <laughs> uh, look? 
Yes. Vibe. Appearance. Yeah. Appearance. Yes. Okay. So they were um, they were all sex workers. Okay. Or runaways. Okay. Essentially people that if they went missing mm. wouldn't be missed. Mm-hmm. Or at least that It would, would take be. a while at It least. would take a while. And he's also kind of getting back at the sex workers because of the gonorrhea in Vietnam. Well, that doesn't make sense. Kind of held a grudge. <laughs> okay. And they were all strangled. Oh. And then dumped near the Green River. Hence, the Green River And the Green River mm-hmm. flows from Puget Sound or the Duwamish, which mm-hmm. is in west, like the West Seattle area, okay. um, through Kent and Auburn. So that's kind of the area in which you would dump the bodies yeah. along. I drive over it sometimes. Kent and Auburn. Um, and what he would do is he would return to the bodies Uh-oh. to have sex oh, with them. Oh, no. That's never good. But he wasn't into necrophilia. But that's what that is. Exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. And he admitted to having sex with them sometimes beforehand and then killing them. Uh-huh. But usually, he said with the sex workers, he wouldn't because he was like, mm, 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 So. I feel like you can still get gonorrhea if the person's dead. Right. Is that what he's worried about? I or he just likes He people. just like. I think he just likes. He just him. is actually into necrophilia. Yeah. And so he was actually a suspect in 1983 of the murders. But he didn't get caught until 2001? He didn't caught until 2001. Oh, dear. Oh, wait. Here's another, here's another piece. Okay. They collected DNA what? from him in 1987, but did not test it until 2001. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Just don't collect it. It just hung out. What? Yeah. And he was arrested for prostitution in, I believe, 87? Which was when they collected the DNA samples, okay. and then in '93. So kind of in like I think I think they said like '98 ish, '97 um, '98. He got married and had a <laughs> had a kid, oh, and no. that's kind of when the murder stopped. So here's my worry: <laughs> he had a kid in the '80s, '90s. Oh, okay, that's better then. I was gonna say, will I accidentally date that? <laughs> no. I mean, I won't judge him for his dad. No, you can't judge him for his dad. Um, so, and his wife, no, Mm ex-wife, said that she feels like she saved women because he stopped doing it. It was proven that he, like, stopped Uh once he got married. Huh. Like, there wasn't that many after he got married. Yeah. So, on November 30th, 2001, Mm -hmm. Gary Ridgway was arrested um, outside of his, um work because they were able to match microscopic paint spheres on the women matching paint that they used at his work during that time oh that seems like bunk science now yeah i don't know how they would do that anyway um so he was in jail and then on november 5th 2003 Mm -hmm. he entered a guilty plea yeah of 48 charges of aggregated, aggravated first-degree murder. He was spared from the death penalty mm-hmm. because he said he would cooperate with the authorities of locating the remains of the other victims. Oh. Did he do it? He, <laughs> it seems like every other year it comes out that it's like Ridgeway announces that he's, you know, he'll help him find more bodies, but he just used it as like a joyride. 
Oh, so like, he gets to actually go out. He yeah, he just gets point to leave. Oh, well, yeah. And go with them. Huh. But then there's no remains where he's taking them. <laughs> he's like, maybe maybe there's one. Yeah. And there was a whole Green River Task Force that, uh-huh. like, worked with it. And, you know, they couldn't figure it out. Like, it just... Huh. It was crazy. Um, and so it was said that murdering women was his career. He was a career serial killer. Well, that doesn't make any money. Yeah, it does. It really doesn't. I mean, <laughs> how is that a career? You don't get health insurance. No, you certainly don't. <laughs> or dental. <laughs> so, um, what I wanted to, what I actually pulled up from Murderpedia mm-hmm. was the Green River Killer confession. Ooh. His actual confession. Yeah. Um, Ooh, is it from long? November 5th. Uh, a little bit, but I'll just read it really quick. Oh, I thought this. Um, so basically it's the, it's, these are excerpts, excerpts from the confession from Gary Ridgway, who pleaded guilty to murdering 48 women. Um, and he was convicted of 48 consecutive life sentences. Oof. No possibility to parole. He ain't getting out. Consecutive is all at the same time, right? Or is that not? I don't think, I think consecutive is like, you do one life sentence and then you do another. So there's no chance he's getting out. That's fine. Well. Is there, though? Was there? Ever? Was, uh, maybe. Maybe. More come. Put a pin in it. Uh, put a pin in that. It's a quote there. <laughs> put a pin in it. So here is what um, his confession that was read by the prosecutor, okay. Jeff Baird. This is Ridgeway talking. Yep. I killed the 48 women listed in the state's second amended information. In most cases, when I killed, killed these women, I did not know their names. Most of the time, I killed them the first time I met them, and I do not have a good memory of their faces. I killed so many women, I have a hard time keeping them straight. I have reviewed information and discovery about each of the murders with my attorneys, and I am positive that I killed each one of the women charged in the second information. I killed them all in King County. I killed most of them near my house near Military Road. I killed them in my truck not far from where I picked them up. I killed some of them outside. I remember leaving each woman's body in the place where she was found. I have discussed with my attorneys the common scheme or plan, aggravating circumstance charged in all of these murders. I agree that each of the murders I committed was part of a common scheme or plan. Scheme. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's a scheme. (laughs) The plan was I wanted to kill as many women I thought were prostitutes as I possibly could. I picked prostitutes as my victims because I hate most prostitutes and I did not want to pay them for sex. Not a good reason. No. I also picked prostitutes as victims because they were easy to pick up without being noticed. I knew they would not be reported missing right away and might never be reported missing. I picked prostitutes because I thought I could kill as many of them as I wanted without getting caught. Another part of my plan was where I put the bodies of these women. Most of the time, I took the women's jewelry and their clothes to get rid of any evidence and make them harder to identify. I placed most of the bodies in groups, which I call clusters. I did this because I wanted to keep track of all the women I killed. I liked to drive by the clusters around the county and think about the women I placed there. I usually used a landmark to remember a cluster and the women I placed there. 
Sometimes I killed and dumped a woman intending to start a new cluster and never returned because I thought I might get caught putting more women there. Ugh. He's gross. He's gross. He's like... And he's a creepy looking fella. Yeah, he's super creepy. Like he's even... Like I was looking at pictures of him in the 80s. Mm -hmm. He was kind of creepy. Yeah. I mean... But as he got older, he got creepier. Yeah. So anyway, sentenced to 48 consecutive life sentences. Okay. No chance of parole, but avoided the right. death penalty because he said, I'll help you find the rest of the remains. Yeah. <laughs> Which he says just there that he knows where they all are because yeah. he strategically placed them, but now he can't find them all of a sudden? Well, I think he just wants to go on a joyride. Ugh. He's like, woo, poor day. <laughs> Um, so he was placed in solitary confinement at Washington Penitentiary in Walla Walla. He was moved to the United States Penitentiary in Fl- in Florence, Colorado, which oh. is the maximum security mm. or the supermax prison. Uh-huh. Um, current inmates there are the Boston Bomber, oh. um, the Boston Marathon Bomber, uh-huh. Jokar Tsarnaev. Um yeah, a lot of big people have been to Florence. Have been in yeah. Florence. Um, between May and October of 2015. Mm-hmm. But there was outrage that he was removed from the state of Washington because the intent of taking the death penalty off the table was he was to help find more victims. Uh-huh. Can't really do that in Colorado. Yeah. So... They brought him back, oh. and now he's back at the Washington State Penitentiary huh. in Walla Walla. Why did they move him, do you know? The first place? The first time? Nope. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can look it up. That's I still okay. have the murder people <laughs> page. Um, but yeah, they, they moved him, and they moved him back because there was a public outcry. Hmm. They, didn't, they were like, well, how, is, how in the world is he going to help yeah. if he's over there? Um, so his, I mean, his victims ranged in age from 12 <laughs> to, it looks like the oldest is 26. Oh, still so young. Um, a couple of them are still unidentified. Mm. Super creep. Super creep. Do you know why he was a, um, a suspect back in the, what'd you say, 80s or 90s? In the 80s. Um, For being a weirdo. Just being a weirdo. <laughs> um... Or because he got arrested for solicitation or whatever. He got arrested for solicitation. Um, he was arrested in 82 and 2000 on charges related to prostitution. Um, became a suspect in 83. It doesn't say why. Hmm. Um, but they worked. They actually worked with Bundy. Mm-hmm. Um, they went down and talked to Ted Bundy and were like, hey, can you help us with this case? Yeah. You know, what kind of, what's the profile for this guy? Uh-huh. And same Bundy area, like helped same. them like get a profile together yeah which is insanity i know (laughs) which also had to be pretty like close to the beginning of when ridgeway started because he got bundy got killed in 89 Mm -hmm. so it had to be like at the very beginning yeah so it's probably when he was like an original suspect back in 80s well bundy didn't do a good job because he did it for like 20 more years or 10 more years he continued yeah. Um, so anyway, there was rumor mm-hmm. back when COVID started. Oh, yeah. Is they were talking about how um, the prison system, because there's so many people there, they were afraid of an outbreak of oh, coronavirus yeah. at the prison, in the probably, prison system. Probably did happen. Um, and that led people to kind of freak out and be like, oh, my God, are they going to release Gary Ridgway? Uh-huh. 
I, th- I don't think there was ever any conversation about releasing Ridgeway. Oh. Um, because then they came out and said, no, we'd only release, like, low-level offenders. Okay. Um, Ridgeway is not going anywhere. No. Um, so I think there was just a little bit of panic because, you know. He has you just 42 say, more life sentences. Yeah, he's he's got a few more to go. Yeah. But you say we're gonna really we're gonna yeah. maybe release prisoners to you know lessen the you know the popu- the prison so population you can social distance so you can socially distance in your cell or have like one person do a yeah. cell. But I think like then they were like, no, we're gonna look at low level offenders. Yeah. There's no way that would be crazy. They're letting Ridgeway yeah Ridgeway out like Don't it would that. not make sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about Gary Ridgeway. There he is. Um, there he is. He's still in Washington. He's at the Walla Walla. Walla Walla. The Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington. So nice. They named it twice. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Well, great job. Well, thank you. It's because, you know, being uh, from here, we hear a lot of Bundy and Ridgeway. And Mm -hmm. those are kind of like the, the the two biggins. The big ones. Um, but Bundy gets a lot more press, a lot more attention than yeah. Ridgeway. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of shows on Bundy. I've mm-hmm. heard a lot of podcasts on Ridge on Bundy, a lot of episodes done, but I haven't heard much on Ridgeway. Yeah. Um, and he killed way more people. Yeah. Um, and was way more like just cold blooded about it. Like, no, yeah. I just want these people, these sex workers i want them gone like i just i they are scum of the earth they, yeah well the the sad part is it's because they weren't pretty college students yeah so that's probably why but yeah okay well that was terrible that was, that was awful that was that was just ter- a terrible <laughs> i feel bad i, I feel like <laughs> I know we'll, we'll do a we'll do a funny uh, episode later. Um, yeah, we'll do it. Maybe, maybe we'll sing Hamilton. <laughs> no, N- nobody. Never wants gonna to. say. <laughs> never gonna say no to it. But I won't listen to it myself. <laughs> I won't either. Uh, okay. So, well. Anyway, follow us. Um, Twitter and Instagram. And I mean, five stars. Yeah. Keep the pyramid scheme going. Yeah. Tell two friends. Tell two friends. If you're new. Tell two friends. Yep. Uh, keep uh, it going. And also listen to the first three episodes. Connor and Rachel. Oh, BFFs yeah. from Dutch Bros. Can't wait to see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> I will be there. Have a drink ready. I'll be in it. Well, <sighs> who knows? I, d- I don't expect that much, but, you know, <laughs> a sticker would be nice. Oh. I will take a sticker or something. I don't know. <laughs> they can have our merch stickers when yeah. that comes out. Yeah. In three years. Who knows? Who knows? Probably just be merch for us. Yeah, it's just I'll make something on the cricket. Perfect. We'll be the only ones to wear it. Perfect. Okay, love you, Mina. Okay, love you, Mina. Bye. (laughs) Bye.